welcome to the Boss Ladies Podcast. I'm Olivia Wary, and as a young female working in the industry of technology, I'm constantly struggling to find my voice and overcome challenges thrown my way. I've decided to have conversations with boss ladies in every industry to hear how they do it. Boss Ladies is intended to inspire women and men of all ages to overcome their fears, explore moonshot thinking, speak up for who they are and what they believe in, and move up in their respective industries. Every day we are faced with challenges, so it is my intention to empower you to get the advice you need by interviewing top executives who have been through it all. On today's episode of Boss Ladies, please welcome Kristen Tomlin. Kristen Tomlin is the founder and CEO of Doe, Cookie Dough Confections. Doe is a boutique confectionery specializing in gourmet, edible, bakeable, customizable cookie dough. Based in New York City, Doe makes small batches of craveable cookie dough creations that everyone can enjoy. Doe has handcrafted a variety of irresistible combinations of ready-to-eat cookie dough perfection using the highest quality ingredients and zero preservatives. With gluten-free, grain-free, and vegan options, everyone can find something yummy to satisfy their sweet tooth. Called the next best thing in dessert, Doe has taken the foodie Instagram scene at Cookie Dough NYC and New York City's specialty dessert market by storm. Order some today and see what everyone's talking about. Go to cookiedoughnyc.com for more information. I had the pleasure of interning for Kristen when Doe was in its very early stages, which makes this episode even more exciting for me. Kristen, why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and your story and everything that led you to create this amazing company, Doe. Hey guys. Okay, so I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, good old Midwest. And I, you know, grew up always being creative. So I kind of harnessed that creative energy and decided to go to design school. So I went to the University of Cincinnati and decided to study interior design, which is very different than what I do today. <laughs> but I think it was like the best Honestly, I had so many, so many good learning skills and things that I actually do use in my job. But a lot of people are surprised to find out that I went to design school. <laughs> and my first job, I mean, I guess my first job ever was like when I was very young. I used to babysit and then mm -hmm. I was a swim coach and instructor or whatever. And then I started internships in college. Mm -hmm. And one of those internships brought me to New York where I work for a brand strategy consultant and ended up working there after graduation as my first like real job. Yeah. So I started there. And originally when I got started, the I was doing, you know, kind of retail design mm -hmm. and using that interior design degree for sure. Um, and branding like all wrapped it up in it. But as time went on, the the group kind of changed and it it evolved over the five years I was there to be what they called an experience innovation practice. So it was, you know, retail environments were part of it still, but it was a small piece. And we really thought through the whole customer journey and the mm -hmm. whole customer experience and how important it is to, you know, like all of these little touch points that really matter for the customer. Then I learned so much. I got to travel the world and I got to work with really cool clients and, um, ultimately, it was when I was working there that I had this idea for what is today dough. Um, <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah. So I'd always, I kind of grew up baking next to my mom. My mom's a chef and mm -hmm. food was a very important part of our family and our culture. Mm -hmm. And 
I had a huge sweet tooth. So I was always the one that was baking and any chance I could get to make a mess in the kitchen or make some sweet treats for friends, I would I would take that opportunity and, and make something. Um, and also like a part of just like being creative was just experimenting with all sorts of things, fails and, you know, sometimes good things too. And, um, you know, going through Easy Bake Oven after Easy Bake Oven as yeah. a little kid. And so baking was always something I did. And I think throughout college and even when I moved to New York, it was very much like a retreat for me from mm-hmm. just like the craziness of the world. Or if I was stressed, it was my like coping to deal with what was whatever was going on. It yeah. was kind of, I could forget about everything else and just be in the kitchen and be in the moment. Yeah. So I continued baking and cooking all throughout college, even in my tiny Manhattan apartment. Mm -hmm. And then, but really my weakness was cookie dough and always have been. (laughs) It was really my dad's weakness. So I kind of, I blame him. Um, (laughs) So anytime I would make cookies, I would have to save some dough. And I, of course, like they say, don't eat cookie dough. It's not safe. And Mm -hmm. it was so good. It was like worth, I was like, I will get sick for this. (laughs) I don't care. I feel you on that. (laughs) Yeah. So that was just kind of like a, honestly, like a secret, not even that secret. Like I always had a tub of Mm -hmm. like Nestle Toll House or Pillsbury in the fridge in college. Like, you know, when I couldn't get to actually being in the kitchen that often, it was just like, instead of going to the Ben and Jerry's container every night, I would go to cookie dough and like have a few spoonfuls or many spoonfuls and, (laughs) you know, occasionally bake a cookie or two. Yeah. So that was always my like guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. But I had the idea because I was I was with a bunch of girlfriends. We went on this trip to Philadelphia to visit one of my other friends. And we were went into this cookie shop after mm-hmm. lunch. We wanted something sweet. Yeah. And I ended up walking. They had this freezer off to the side. They had all sorts of fresh baked cookies and they like smelled amazing. And the <laughs> shop was super cute. But I noticed that they were selling their cookie dough in like pucks that are like scoops. I don't know even know what it was. It was frozen. It was in a container. And it was like, bake at home, take home and bake, like have these fresh cookies. And so I turned to my friends and I was like, I kind of just want this cookie dough as (laughs) usual. Um, Does anybody want to split some with me? And so we all ended up just getting this, like it was a pretty big tub. So we're like, there's (laughs) there's five of us, like let's just split the tub of cookie dough. That's ended up, that's all what all of us wanted. And so we sat in the car and we were going shopping or something. So we were just sat there on our way to our wherever we were going and just passed this tub around. Like, you know, we didn't have spoons. Like we were just eating it with our fingers. <laughs> and that was the moment where I was in the car and I was like, why is this not a thing? Like we just went into the store. We all wanted cookie dough. Yeah. We had to like leave embarrassed. Like we were pretending like we were going to bake this at home. <laughs> we can't sit in this cute little store and enjoy it. Yeah. Like because people would look at us like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> so that was, I was like, why isn't there a place you can go where mm-hmm. you can just eat cookie dough, just like we all wanted to. And at that point it was chocolate chip and a chocolate chip is one of my favorites and always will be. But I was also like, why can't it come in different flavors? Yeah. And like I, anytime I made cookies, whether it was oatmeal cookies or peanut butter cookies or whatever, um, I loved all of that dough. Yeah. I like, didn't discriminate Do at all. Do you have a favorite? A favorite? Um, a favorite, yeah, I have a new creation that is a flavor on our menu yeah. that ha- it's our sugar cookie base and then it has Nutella, chocolate chips, sea oh. salt, caramel. Sounds um, amazing. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Everyone go get some. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It got the name heavenly because it literally is heavenly. Yeah. So that's kind of, that was like my light bulb moment where I was like, you know, maybe this could be a thing. And so I went home from that trip and 
actually emailed my girlfriends or Facebook messaged them or something. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. This was like 2000, I want to say 2012. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, guys, I know we were talking about that cookie dough idea. I think I'm actually going to do something about it. Yeah. Like, you know, I it just like I couldn't get it out of my head. It was like yeah. one of those things. I came home and I immediately was like, Chris, who like it was at the time. I guess my boyfriend, then fiance, now husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, I have this idea. And he was like, that's a great idea. I love cookies. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Fully support right, that cause. Support. <laughs> so that was really the beginning. And But for a while, I mean, I was working full time and I was super busy. I was living the consultant life, which mm-hmm. was just, I was traveling and, you know, working a lot. And so for a while, it just, it just stayed an idea. Yeah. And... I was I would tell everybody about it, like, oh my God, you guys have the best idea yeah. ever. Don't steal it. But <laughs> um I would tell them about it and then but then I wouldn't really do anything about it because like, you know, life gets in the way. You're yeah. like don't have a ton of time anyways. And um I was twenty something and just yeah. enjoying my life in New York City and any free time I got. So it's it was finally like when friends and or family or whoever I did tell would like check back in and be like, wait, how's that cookie dough thing going? Yeah. And I would like be so embarrassed to be like, oh, I haven't done anything. Like it's basically <laughs> at the same stage that it was yeah. that I told you about months ago. So I finally was like, okay, I'm not going to be that person that like constantly talks about something. And yeah. I still think this is a really good idea. And everybody I tell agrees that it's a good idea. So like, why don't I actually do something? Yeah. But at that point, I had no idea the first thing about starting a business, let alone running a business. So. I just, I kind of started with what I knew and what I was like most comfortable with, which Mm -hmm. was baking. So I started with the recipes. Did you come up with all the recipes? Yeah. They're basically iterations of like old family recipes. Okay. First, it was like figuring out how to make it safe to eat because that was really obviously important, the whole point of the concept. Yeah. But the other thing that was important to me was that I wanted to make sure that it was also bakeable. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that make edible cookie dough by, you know, Instead of the eggs, they just add water or milk or something. Right. But it was important for me because I always, I still like the option of having a fresh baked cookie. Yeah. And I wanted it to be like real cookie dough, not like a cookie dough wannabe substitute. Yeah. Like I wanted it to be cookie dough. And so it was a lot of experimenting with figuring out what that formula was and how it would work and how it would taste unbaked and baked and stored and all of those things. So I started there. And then I also, because I had the branding background and the design background, I really started there Mm -hmm. as well so it was like trying to figure out the name and the you know the name and the logo were like one of the first things I came up with because I just wanted you know I had the idea and and then it was just evolved like into what is today our visual system with all our bright colors at this point is it still just you or are you have you started to hire a team no 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 oh no it's like it's like doesn't even exist it still doesn't exist (laughs) it's like still in my head you know like like it, it, it it sure I've done some like I've taste tested a lot of cookie dough <laughs> and I have some like design ideas, but like, and you're still working full time. So working full time. Okay. And at this point, like I had enlisted Chris, who was my fiance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like totally on board down to help. So I was yeah. like, look, I'll come up with the design. I'll come up with the, I'll do all the things I know. Yeah. And then you can help me with the things I don't know, that you know, <laughs> and he luckily he has his MBA, which was helpful. Yeah. He'll always say, like, getting your MBA doesn't teach you how to run a business at all, which, good to know. <laughs> Didn't waste my time on that. Yeah, at least um, you had him to do that for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he also worked in real estate 
development and construction management. And mm-hmm. always from the very beginning, the idea was for a retail store. So like I designed the store, I designed all of the elements that go in the store, all you know, all the equipment, all the recipes, the packaging. And then he essentially like helped me put numbers to it all. Yeah. So what would the build out be? What would the real estate search look like? Like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to understand, okay, like costing out these recipes, like, yeah. It was kind of like left brain, right brain, just mm-hmm. working together to work on what at this point was like a business plan. Cause I didn't, I mean, I was like, I don't know, I guess if you start a business, you like, oh, write a business plan. And <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Google business plan. <laughs> like, just trying to like figure it out. And so at this point it was just really the two of us kind of working nights and weekends on it. And finally we got it to a point we were like meeting, somebody had given me the advice to like meet with the small business association in New York city. And so I did. I met with them a couple of times and they were helpful kind of walking through the business plan and trying to help us like think through different things that we hadn't thought of. And and the one thing that they they were like, so every, everything seems great. Like this, you know, seems like a great idea. Your business plan is really great. But the only issue that we see and the issue that like, if you were to go try to get money to do this, like, because mm-hmm. we had no clue how we were going to finance any of it. We, he's like, you don't really have anybody that's has an operation background. Like anyone that has done this before or- yeah course I can come up with an idea but I had no idea how to actually run the day-to-day bakery so I enlisted some help of some friends that were in like restaurant management and then as I was like getting further down the line I was like wow this like seems like you're right I miss a big like missing piece I didn't want to be one of those businesses that you see in New York all the time that like open and it's like such a great idea and maybe it's like the execution's wrong or they just can't like make it work day to day because New York is so expensive. And then six months later, you're like, oh my God, that place was like, had so much potential, but yeah. it closed, you know? Um, and at the same time, this was like, we were wrapping up the business plan, trying to think about financing. And it was right before we were about to get married. So oh, I was like, okay, let's like pause yeah. on the business plan. Cause I have like invitations are in the mail. Like we're starting to get RCPs. I yeah. need to like think about all of these like last minute details that you are you still working full-time at this still point? working full-time. okay yeah, yeah. Awesome. Still working full-time. yeah so full-time jobs starting a business and getting married yes awesome. yes yes all of those things so I put the business plan on hold for a second was like full-on just going to concentrate on the wedding until July and then after the honeymoon I was like I'll pick it back up yeah Whatever. okay so it was seven weeks before my wedding that I ended up getting really sick I, I basically was I almost had this like life-threatening illness that came on very suddenly, mm-hmm. put me in the ICU for wow. three weeks and yeah, kind of like shook everything up, Yeah, you know? And luckily, well, it's a long, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, but luckily I came out of it fine. I was able yeah. to get married, had a lot of like time recovering and figuring that out. But during yeah. my recovery, I had to take time off work. Yeah, And so when I was, I was back to work like, I guess part-time because I wasn't like medically cleared to go back full-time. And so, and I really couldn't do much besides like sit on the couch or like sleep and Mm -hmm. rest. And so anytime I was like sitting on the couch, I was just decided to pick up the business. I was like, oh, I'll work on the cookie dough stuff again. Cause it like was kind of, again, like that, like escape from what was going on. It kept me busy. Like I was really, it was like something that made me happy. So I just picked it back up. And through that, I realized that, like, not only do I not have the expertise, the operations expertise, like, I, because of what just happened, like, I don't physically have the ability to, like, 
stand up all day in a bakery, like figure this out. Like I was still very much having like a lot of surgeries and recovering and going through a whole process. So I decided to kind of like change gears and instead of just like opening the bakery, we decided to launch online first and kind of like dip our toes in that way. Interesting. Because there was still like, we still didn't have the money and we like, and we, we didn't know how to run a business and yep. we didn't actually have any customers. We didn't know <laughs> if anything was going to, if it was even going to work, right. you know what I mean? So I kept thinking like, I think this is a great idea and everybody else does, but like, why hasn't somebody else done this? This seems right. so obvious. Why hasn't someone done it? Maybe I was like, maybe they have done it and it failed and it like didn't work. People still couldn't get over the stigma of like it being safe or, you know, whatever the case is, like, I don't know. So I just, so that's why I like launched online just to see what the response was. Mm -hmm. Like, would people order? If they did order, what would they like? And I was kind of just, my idea was always like get Intel for the store. Yep. Like, figure this out so that you can open – if it goes well, like, yes. you can open the store. If it doesn't go well, then, like, you didn't lose that much time or money or, like – Yeah. At this point, I still thought it was something I could do and keep my job. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize. So you're still working and – Oh, I'm still working. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm back. When I launched the website on – like, when I launched the website just before the holidays – 2014 at the at the beginning of December I decide we're like oh like let's we were going to do a January of 2015 and then we're like wait we would totally miss like the holidays yeah why don't we do it before so we kind of rushed threw up this website and yeah launched to like I mean our email list was like 125 people and they were like (laughs) people I worked with people my husband Chris worked with family friends like it was just all people we knew that and like most people knew that we were working on this so we launched and the first orders were like friends and family and my mom's friends you know whoever like yep. people that we knew or like pe- people we knew through people but like we thought that was it was like bonkers like we were shipping like I don't know some days like seven packages a day and that was like so much because we were both working yeah I was making everything to scratch like from scratch to order in and hindsight, does seven feel like a lot? <laughs> no, no. No, but like, I was also no, figuring yeah. it out. Like, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that first month, um, the first month was like good. But again, like it was like people we knew or like friends of friends yeah. or whatever. But you saw people were inter- interested. Yes, they were huge. definitely interested. Yeah, the proof of concept. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we like took time off over the holidays and made some website changes of th- things that like were working and weren't working mm-hmm. and then kind of relaunched January, middle of January of 2015. Okay. And that was the point where like, you know, everybody that had previously ordered it had kind of shared it on social media and somehow there was like a little bit of like a couple people had found out about it, I guess, on social media and ordered. And then it just kind of very quickly started snowballing. Like yeah. we started getting all these random order, like random people. And I'm like, do you know this person? No, I don't know this person. <laughs> like, And yeah, we were just doing it out of our really tiny apartment and we ship nationwide. So we would stay up all night wake up super early, put packages together, run them to the post office, then go to work by 9 a.m., then come home, do it all over again. And we also delivered all over New York City. So we would take cookie dough with us to work. And then there would be like delivery people that would come and get it from our my, our no offices way. all day long. And we would also let people pick up at our offices. So I would literally be like up and down the elevators, like 
so many times a day because and like trying to schedule this around like meetings and stuff. Oh like it was, God, just, it was ridiculous. It wasn't sustainable. <laughs> and then it was finally right around Valentine's Day of 2015. We got some some press from like Glamour magazine and we got on a Refinery29 holiday gift guide or like Valentine's Day gift guide. Yeah. And that's kind of like once that was out there, then it just kind of went a little bit bananas. Yeah. Um, and it very quickly was like, this isn't sustainable. Like yeah. I'm not sleeping. I'm barely like this is not healthy for me um yeah and so I just felt like this that was kind of the time I really wanted to to see where this went yeah so I went to my boss and I was like I don't know what's going on or what I'm doing but it's not fair for you because every second I'm at work I want to be working on this business yeah and then every second I'm you know working on the business I'm like still have work stuff to do you know I originally was like I just need some time off to figure this out and like hire yeah. people and then I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and so I went, went down to part time and I, so I was in the office two days a week and then I was able to do what I needed to do three days a week. But like it still wasn't enough. Like I was still constantly like just it wasn't working. And at that point I was traveling very inconveniently. My client was in South Africa. <laughs> No So way. I was like on 24 hour flights to South Africa. I would sleep and then I would go to meetings all day, hop back on a flight, back on That's a flight. Insane. Like it was, it was ridiculous. And so I decided ultimately just like, just, it wasn't working. I was going to leave. Obviously not burn any bridges because you never know what's going to happen. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so I left my job. And, and I'm sure they were all supportive of you going to start oh, your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business. No, so supportive, which was great. Yeah. They knew from the very beginning that I was starting it. And actually, my boss at the time was like very encouraging of it. He thought it was like such a great idea. And oh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, he was great. So yeah, so I left and then it's like never looked back since then. Amazing. So yeah. So then from there, how did you get to, I mean, now it's huge. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's a lot of work and a lot of a lot of stories <laughs> in between. But long story short, we basically so we had um this commercial kitchen in Midtown, mm-hmm. which you know. I know all too well. I don't know if, if you're going to if you're entering this, but you were one of our first interns, <laughs> which was amazing. Great experience for me too. Um, but I think it was was it the summer that you interned that we like started getting a lot of walk-in yeah, uh, I know that, there was one summer before, which is when you first started just getting things together. And then I was the year after. Wait, when what year were, were you? Coming in, so it was 2016. And people were coming in all okay, the time. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so we had this this location where we made everything and shipped everything out of. And then it we also had it as listed as a pickup location. So people that lived in the neighborhood or worked in the neighborhood, which was in Midtown, you know, everybody worked there. Um, they would just stop by and pick stuff up. But what happened was people would stop by without ordering and be like, I'm here to get cookie dough. And originally I was like, wait, we don't, we like make everything to order. You have to order online, like turning people away. And then I was like, I can't just keep, I can't turn people away. Like they're literally here to buy what I'm making. Like I need to figure this out. So I just kind of shifted and made what we called extras. And so we (laughs) got another fridge and we just kept all the extras there, which were separate than the orders. And if people walked in, they could buy from our extras. And it was like, whatever we had, we had. When it was gone, it was gone. Like we didn't necessarily have all of our flavors. And then as people found out that we had extras, more people came. So the more extras we had to make, like it was like a, you know. Rapidly growing. (laughs) Yeah, so then, and I think by this point, definitely by when you started, the walk-in traffic was like pretty steady. Yeah. And we had taken over, I think like three different units in the building Mm -hmm. for storage and shipping and other stuff. So by the time that 
we, you know, like we were paying three separate rents in this like building that was not ideal anyways. And I was like, I might as well go back to that storefront idea with what I'm paying. And I kind of went back to that original. I think also I was like, this isn't the end all be all. Like I'm like busting my ass and working really hard. And like, at the end of the day, this isn't like the customer experience I want. This isn't the brand experience that I want. So I feel like we should just look for a storefront, which we Mm -hmm. started at the beginning of 2016 and didn't actually end up finding the location that we're at now until September of 2000s. It took like nine months. did you look at? I probably looked at 100. Really? Like I looked at so many locations and honestly I'd given up because we were pretty close to signing a lease on a place in the East Village. Then it fell through, luckily. Then, so I took a pause. I was like, I can't keep doing this. I'm like out looking at places like, you know, for days at a time. Um, And the team's like still pretty small. Yeah, I was gonna say, how many full time employees do you have? I don't even know. Probably like three or four. Like, not that many. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then we had summer interns, which were so helpful. And then, so yeah, so once we found this spot, I was kind of like, well, go big or go home. Like, let's just do it. Yeah. So we got signed the lease September 15th. And then we like, you know, filed for permits like as quickly as we could, tried to get things moving. And we're able to open say October, November, December, January, basically four months later. Wow. We did construction for four months and then How um, much time were you devoting to like this new project versus keeping and sustaining all your customers that you had in the I was spending a lot of my time on the new project. Mm-hmm. Um I mean holiday time was crazy because it always is. Yeah. Um so I was still I was just working nonstop. Like Chris were you and sleeping I at all? I probably not. No. <laughs> I haven't slept in five years. Um we yeah we would both work like I would work all day because there was only so much I could do when the construction crew was there like of course I could go oversee like when they needed me but um and then we would Chris and I would go and we would clean the construction site at night because we like were using contractors that Chris had through work and we were like trying to keep costs down as low as possible so Chris did all the demo his set himself and then we did um place was disgusting when we moved in (laughs) Um, and then we, yeah, we would go and clean it up because we were like, we want you to work until as long as possible. Like, don't spend any of your time cleaning. Like, we'll clean. So we would go there, clean all, like, not all night, but like yeah. for a couple hours so that they like were ready in, the next day with like, just ready to work. So. Wow. Yeah. So then we, then we opened in G- end of January, 2017. And that's kind of when things went bonkers. I think it was like, I don't even know exactly what it was. It was like. First of all, a very new concept that other people hadn't otherwise heard of, or that being the first thing is like, it was it was something new and different. The second thing was like, we were giving people the ability to indulge in something that they had either been sneaking for years or had previously been told they could not eat. Yeah. So it was kind of like, if you like, uh, I don't know. Do it safely. Yes, exactly. Like, so I think people were like, just enamored by this novelty. And so many people had like, emotional connections to the product and the experience because eating cookie dough reminded them of someone special or a special Mm -hmm. time in their life or when they were kids and nostalgia was like really a crazy it's a crazy thing and it like can take people a really long way so yeah we opened to like four hour lines in the middle of winter and just were you expecting that at all no no. (laughs) i mean not really no no so at this point we had five full-time employees that we were moving from our original kitchen. So they were just going to plan on transitioning over to the new kitchen and continuing production as they normally did. 
I wanted to hire five people for the front of the house. And Chris was like, we can't afford five people. You can only afford four. So I was like, fine. So I I hired four people. And then- So wait, you had four people when you guys opened up? Well, we had the the five, we basically had 10. We had like, we had- And you had what, hundreds of thousands of people coming in per day? Exactly. Five (laughs) in the back of the house, four in the front of the house, plus we had somebody that was like working part-time between jobs and yeah. So it was like- we were not expecting it, basically. Long story short, we had to re we had to rethink everything. Like we had to rethink storage, production, staff. I mean, every single thing. Like everything that we had planned for, like all of it was wrong. Oh man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm curious to know who is kind of your role model through all of this. I feel like honestly, this like sounds cheesy, maybe, but my mom's always been a big role model. I think she's always. Um, not only did I like learn my love of baking and cooking from her, but she's always been one of those people that like is so good at whatever she puts her mind to and is really able to wear many different hats. And and so I think I've always looked to her as like as a role model because she always somehow just makes it all work mm-hmm. and looks effortless doing it. So I think growing up, she's always been somebody that I've looked up to and then always, of course, looked to her in business, not only calling her like, oh, my God, you need to come up here and help, but <laughs> um, but just for advice and guidance and yeah. somebody good to have in your corner. So Yeah, that's awesome. And then what about like any mentors you had who were kind of advising you throughout this process, especially as you were rapidly expanding and taking off more so than you even realized possible, probably? Yeah, I think in the beginning I had a lot of mentors from where I was working before in branding. So like my boss that I mentioned, he was super helpful in, you know, bouncing ideas off of and always encouraging and and had so many smart people that worked both in brand strategy and in design. And so I I leaned on a lot of my coworkers to give me advice and you know, all things business and, you know, just like using as a sounding board. So they were definitely my mentors um, and still are like, I still am very close with a lot of, a lot of those coworkers. And then along the way, it's like, it's, it's been great to kind of learn and grow in this business because there are so many other, you know, especially female entrepreneurs in the food and sweet space in New York city that we all kind of we have this like really good group of girls that we all lean on each other and use each other for, you know, bouncing ideas off of and getting advice. And yeah. so it's kind of changed over the years and it will always continue to change. And I'm always, I like love hearing everybody's stories and perspectives and yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Is there any advice that any of them gave you that you feel like really stuck with you or helped you sort of get where you are now? Advice, I would say... A lot of people said like, I guess like in some way or another said something like you need to follow what makes you happy. And that I think has been in- interesting. Excuse my dog. Um, interesting <laughs> and um, and also helpful because ultimately that's why I started the business because this was like a passion of mine and I really enjoyed it. And so just following like what path made me happy was was helpful to kind of think through or like use it as a lens to like think through decisions when there's like a lot going on and you don't know where to where to go or what path to take. Definitely. And it seems like you said you had a lot of like female colleagues and mentors and and it to me it seemed like your original team here was all female. So was that intentional or strategic and what benefits did that have? I mean, yes and no. So 
it, yes. Mo- I mean, I still have a predominantly female team. My corporate team is all female. We have, you know, obviously lots of men who work in the bakery and have worked in the business over the many years that I've been running it. But I think in the beginning, when I was hiring, I didn't really know the first thing about hiring somebody. What I found was successful was to find like-minded people that really bought into what I was doing. I didn't have a lot to offer when I first started. I didn't really, I didn't really know what I was doing. So it's not like I, I, I couldn't really guarantee that they would have like all of this experience and opportunity because like I had no clue what was going to happen with the business. And so, but it was like finding people to that, that really bought into it because they cared as much as I did, which I thought worked in my favor a hundred times over. And a lot of those people happened to be women. And then once the more that I worked with women, the more I loved working with women. And, you know, I think women are so powerful and amazing and able to do so many different things. And, and I've really enjoyed the process. So of course, like I, you know, for any position, I, I interview a ton, a ton of people, but for me, a lot of it is like uh, culture is a big factor and company culture and buying into what we're doing. And if you happen, you know, to be female, then I love that. Yeah. Um, and I'm <laughs> working with all women. Yeah. So what's it like being a woman owned business in New York City? Are there any benefits of that? Well, right now, I feel like it's like the best. I mean, it's so different than when I started five years ago. I think now more than ever, women are you know, being heard and being listened to and have so much more respect. And I think people are really taking women seriously, much more seriously than they than they used to. And seeing that women are really kind of a force to be reckoned with. Um, So I think now it's an amazing time to be a woman in New York City in business. And I love being part of that club. Yeah. And I think one thing I've found that I've faced myself, and I know a lot of women have also admitted to facing is sort of this imposter syndrome. And I'm curious what your take is on that. If you've felt it before, if you have any advice or strategy on how to deal with it and overcome it. Oh, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, I just had a meeting today and it, and this guy I met was incredibly successful, runs a very, very powerful food business. And um, he was even talking about imposter syndrome and was just talking about how, you know, you'll realize that basically no one knows what they're doing. Everybody's just faking it till they make it. Um, you'll constantly feel like, who, me? Like, am I, you know, whether it's like I'm speaking or I'm giving an interview, it's like he was saying, he's like, I feel like I should be in the audience or I should be, you know, I, I can't believe I'm up on stage or have been able, even like me, been able to get some of the opportunities that I have. And so I think it's it's an everyday thing. I think you're constantly doubting yourself just because business isn't easy and no one has made you, built your business before. And so you're figuring it out every single day and there's not any sort of kind of book that tells you um, exactly what you should or shouldn't be doing. And so I think that there's always gonna be some level of you know, self-doubt and worry and just second guessing because that's just natural human nature. I would say my advice is, I'm like, I don't always take this advice, so <laughs> I'm bad, but my advice is like, you are there because you sh- you are supposed to be there. Wherever it is, whether it's a promotion or whether you're, you know, speaking or getting interviewed and you feel like, oh my God. I guess my, advi- my advice would be that, you know, you're supposed to 
be where you're supposed to be. You deserve to be there. There's a reason why you're there. You've worked really hard. Um, you have to remind yourself that like, even though it feels like you don't know what you're doing or how you're gonna make it work or like that you shouldn't, you know, be the person, like you're kind of like looking like who me, that like all of the things in your life that have led you up to this point are there for a reason and you are the perfect person to be in that spot. Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. So I'm gonna jump topics a little bit. Yeah. I'm curious to know what you think men can be doing to be better allies for women. Men in general? Men in general, men in the workplace, colleagues, friends, anything you think that they can be doing better in this sort of time where women are are trying to break through the glass ceiling, if you will. Yeah. The guy that I work most closely with is my husband because he obviously is my husband and he's involved <laughs> in the business. Um, and I like have nothing but good things to say because he's been like the most supportive and the most wonderful man. And I think that, you know, it's I'm really lucky to to have that and have him. And I think with men, a lot of it comes down to communication. I think women have to have really good communication with whoever they're working with to communicate their specific needs or wants. And men have to be receptive to that. I think that they need to, um, you know, not, first of all, they should watch out because women are amazing and could probably do their jobs better. (laughs) But I think that they just like need to be team players and understand, you know, that, that women are just like kind of listen, that they're there and they're sitting at the table and they have important things to say too. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with all of that. So what advice would you want to pass on to others who might be fighting battles or, or overcoming challenges that you feel you've already won or overcome? I guess my advice in general is to a lot of people, whether they're doubting themselves or being challenged or whatever the case is, is to really trust their gut. Trusting your gut is something that I've always done. And I think, you know, also with, with any business, like I know my business better than anybody else does and other people know their business better than anybody else does. And so you're the one that at the end of the day needs to make the judgment call. And I feel like you should always, always follow your gut and listen to it because it's saying what it's saying for a reason. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about potentially a challenge you wish you had faced or handled differently? Oh, I feel like a lot of things. In general, there's a lot of things in business that come up that like are just total surprises or things that come out of left field. And so I feel like my best way of dealing with it is like, honestly, to just not react and like let it, like I'm just somebody who needs to like process it and not talk about it immediately. But sometimes that's not the best, that's not the best situation, especially if it has to do with employee issues or an employee problem or where I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to process this, but I like really need to just be talking about it with them because that's what they need. So I don't know. I think I think every opportunity is a learning opportunity and I'm certainly guilty of handling many situations in ways that and looking back, I wish I wouldn't have, whether I'm stressed or sleep deprived or <laughs> just confused and trying to wait like wade through all of the craziness. But you know, everything's an opportunity to learn. So definitely. And then, you know, I'm curious, you know, they say women don't brag about themselves enough. So I would love to hear what you feel is sort of one of your greatest or a great accomplishment throughout your career. Honestly, I feel like 
one of my accomplishments is just actually doing something, starting something. Um, because there's so many people that have so many ideas and, and like I said, like talking about it is one thing, but actually doing it, like not many people will actually take that jump and do something about it. And so my other advice to people that have an idea or entrepreneurs or anybody, I'm always like, just do something, like do something. It could be really small or it could be, you know, just in your free time, but like stop talking about it, stop complaining about it, stop wanting something to change without actually doing something about it. So like do something. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome advice and awesome that you've been able to do that. And then I'm curious, like what is your advice for sort of young men and women who are just starting out their careers and it's like a very early phase, any advice you have for them? In their careers or their business? In their careers and their business, maybe both. (laughs) I feel like in your career, the advice I would would say is like quit quit thinking about the next step quit thinking about the next job the next promotion like what you're going to do next like do what you're doing really really well and you will get recognized like people will notice that you're doing like kill what you're doing like be the person be the go-to person that knows whatever you're doing and make yourself valuable in that way rather than like a lot like I mean, even when I was in my career, I was constantly like, okay, what's next? When am I gonna, how am I gonna get to that next promotion? Like, what do I need to do? Like, stop worrying about that and worry about just like doing what you're doing really well. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And then what about for just starting a business? Starting a business, yeah, just do something, like take baby steps and trust your gut. Cool. Are there any questions you have for me? What's your favorite part of this? <laughs> well, I love being able to talk to awesome women like you and hear this advice firsthand. So I'm definitely lucky to be able to do that. <laughs> did Learned did you lot. expect when you were an intern? What what was like your, <laughs> I would love to hear your perspective. Like, it seems like so much has changed since, since you were. Yeah, I think the thing that always stood out to me the most was the impact that you guys had on social media because every person coming through the doors, you'd say, how, how did you hear about us? And it was always social media. And I think it's amazing that you guys, even when you were upstairs in a in an apartment, were able to bring in so much foot traffic and have so many people find you all through the present. And people from all over the world were coming and traveling and coming in just because they were following you guys on Instagram. So. Yeah. That's been cool. And it's the, the best thing about it is like the idea resonates with so many people, so many cultures, so many different walks of life. And like just sharing that with people is like is the best part of the job. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to add? Any final words? <laughs> Come get cookie dough. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Boss Ladies. We are so excited to have learned the story of how dough came to be what it is today. We're also so grateful for all of your amazing advice today. Everyone, you have to get some dough. It is absolutely, without a doubt, one of the best desserts out there. Go to cookiedoughnyc.com for more information or check out their Instagram, cookiedoughnyc. Thanks again, Kristen. Check back soon for another episode of Boss Lady.